0: welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now let's turn our hearts and our minds to the word as we begin today's episode. Hey man, can we give it up for our worship team? What? I like their uh, willingness to be led and guided and flowed. Uh, That's not always the case everywhere you go. And I, I like people who are open to singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You know, I, I say it all the time, but it's one thing you ought to strive for. Uh, is I go for a song a day, I tell the Lord, I want a song a day. And somebody says, Well, well, why? Uh, Colossians chapter five says, "Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs." And so, for all of us, like like we said, all of us can sing. Not all of us should record. I'll never record an album. Um, you know, never, I'll never record an album. Now I may put some songs out that'll be recorded, but I'll never record an album, but I will always sing unto the Lord. There there's genuinely something that will not happen in your life until you sing. I believe that like you, you see that with Paul and Silas, when they sang, power happened in the old Testament, when Jehoshaphat sent the praisers out and they sang, power happened, there is power in singing. There's something about it. Like in heaven, it's a, it's heaven is a place of song. Seriously, heaven is a place of song. So even in your own life, sing, make a melody in your heart unto the Lord. And it doesn't have to rhyme, but the more you do it, the more proficient you'll get at it. Um, And there, there will be in your own life, and I've seen this happen many times in my life, songs of deliverance. Where you're going through something and a song will come up in your heart and you'll sing it, but it'll not just be a song. It'll be like the highest type of prayer. And it just moves something, it shifts something. And so all of you sing, every one of you sing. And don't just sing these songs, sing new songs uh, from your own heart unto the Lord. And, and let the Lord bless your life that way, amen. Uh, so open up your Bibles, if you brought it, to the, the book of First Corinthians. We're going to look at this, First Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, we opened up here last week, and we just want to build on that teaching Uh, Paul wrote something to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 3, and we'll look at verse 9 in the Amplified for those of you who are running the screens, and no pressure if you're not able to pull that up, but you you were able to last week, so I'm counting on big things. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 6. Uh, Paul writes here, he says, watch his terminology, I planted. I planted. He's talking about the words he's written. He's talking about the words he spoke when he was with them in person. He said, My words, written and spoken, were seeds that were planted. Apollos watered. But it was God who was giving the increase or causing the growth. So then neither is the one who plants nor the one who waters anything, but God who causes the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, each will receive his own reward according to his own labor, for we are God's fellow workers. You were God's field. You were God's building. Look at verse 9 in the Amplified, if they can put that up. Maybe. May, maybe not. We don't have a projector? Oh, it's on the sides. There we go. Uh, so I think I have it here. Uh, for we are fellow workmen, joint promoters, laborers together, With and for God, you are God's garden and vineyard and field under cultivation. You are God's building. Um, You, it says, are God's garden. You are God's field. We looked at this last week. We won't look at it again because you can listen to the podcast. But in Mark 4, Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, none of the other ones will matter. You are field. And what I am desperately trying to get you to see is I want you to be my garden. And you allow my seeds to be planted in you. Because we said this last week. What does a garden grow? Whatever is planted in it. You are God's garden. Why don't you just say that with me for fun? It'll bless me. If if it doesn't do anything for you, it'll bless me. Say, I am God's garden you are a garden what what's coming out of your life whatever you've allowed to be planted what are you producing whatever you've allowed to be planted everything you watch is seed going into you i want that to be big in you everything you watch it's there's nothing you watch that's without consequence there's nothing you listen to that's without consequence There's no conversation you have with someone that was just a conversation. Things are being planted in you. Um, Well, we're just talking. You're not just talking. You're a garden. Words are seeds. There is no conversation without consequence. There's no movie you watch without consequence. There's no book you read without consequence. If it goes through your eyes, if it goes through your ears, it's going to your heart. You are field. And we gave fun examples like that last week. Why are people able to show you all the funny videos on TikTok? Because that's what they planted. Uh, Why are we able to talk about sports? Because that's what we read. That's what we study. And so that's what we planted. So what we've planted is what's being produced. If you don't like what's coming out of you, you need to change what you're allowing to come into you. If you don't like what is coming out of you, you need to change what you're allowing to come into you. Um, we, we, you know, you've you've been around church long enough, and anybody who grew up in a youth group, you probably have heard this message many times. But truly, your eyes and your ears are gates to your soul, gates to your heart, and we so often subject ourselves to seed that induces us with fear, worry, anxiety, strife, bitterness and all these things that are not of God. And God said, I am trying desperately, Mark 4, I am trying desperately to do one thing in your life, and you know what it is? To get my word in you. Because if my word, he said in Mark 4, don't make me read it. Just don't make me read it. Let's go read it. Mark 4, let's go look at it. I know, I know. We we looked at it last week, but repetition is safe for you. Mark 4. I want you to see uh, Jesus's words here. I don't want to just quote them. I want you to see them. Mark 4. And if you're listening by podcast, open up your Bible and, and look at this with us. Mark 4, verse 13. And he said unto them, do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. He's the sower. Watch what he's trying to get in us. The word. These are the ones who are beside the road, the road where the word is sown. When they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word, which was, watch this, sown in them. When you hear, right now, right now, literally, right now, the word of God is being sown into you. This is not just preaching and teaching. You are garden. I am sowing seed. How am I sowing seed? I'm the one talking. You're the one listening. Out of this, when my words are being spoken, immediately, I know every single time I am dealing with a garden. Now, some of you will never open up to me. Not you, but others. Will never open up. It's hard dirt. And so as soon as the word is sown into their heart, it does not go in, which is why somebody says, well, why do you have worship all the time? Because worship tills the ground. Worship will put you come in, you come into church sometimes so frustrated with well, what went on at work and things going on, and you get in worship, and it's like, <laughs> and all of it, you're open, open for what the word. And so, worship will till the ground, but sometimes you're sowing seed and it's like it's hitting you right back in the face. The ground's so hard, it's like playing ping pong, um, and I, it just comes right back at you. Uh, but but other times, the word is there, and it's open. The ground is open, and it goes in your heart. But notice, when it goes in you, Satan's like, i got to come for that. Satan comes and takes away the word which was sown in them. In a similar way, these are the ones whom seed was sown on rocky places, who, when they heard the word, immediately received it with joy. But they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises, why are all these things happening in your life? He said, I'll tell you why. It's to get the word out out of you they arise for the word and immediately they fall away and others are the ones with whom the word is sown among thorns these are the ones who have heard the word but the worries of the world the deceitfulness of riches the desire for other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful and those are the ones on whom the seed was sown good soil they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30 60 and 100fold notice Jesus is teaching and he's like you know what you are You're a garden. And he said, I'm trying to change your life. Well, how would you go about changing my life, Lord? I'm going to sow my word into your heart. And when you hear my word, if you accept it, and if you hold on to it, you will produce 30, 60, and 100-fold. And I love his honesty there. Because what he's saying here is not every time will you produce 100-fold of what I'm saying to you. So somebody says, well, what should I do there? Plant the seed all over again and continue to plant until you get a hundredfold of it, whether it's uh, healing or direction or guidance or life or freedom or whatever it may be. And so out of that, he said, though, what you're growing is a direct result of what you've allowed to be sown into you, which is why we're starting the year off this way. Because I, I believe fundamentally, like genuinely and truly, this is not just like preacher hype, I really do believe this, that God in big ways is trying to speak to us right now. Genuinely, as a church, as a body of believers, God is trying to speak to your heart. There is something you need to see. There's something I need to see. Uh, There is something we need to know. There is direction God needs uh, to show us and words that he needs to speak to our heart. And for some of us, it's direction. For others of us, it's breakthrough. Because where his word is, there is power. Miracles come on the hearing and the obeying of the word of God. Whatever he tells you, do it. Well, it's really hard to do something I haven't heard to do. But it's not until I do it that I see the miracle. So first, I've got to put myself in position to hear. And this is what I want for you in this season, is to put yourself in position to hear. Uh, That you come and you say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. I am ready. Like, guide me. Uh, let the wind blow, uh, like let him lead me, let him guide me. I, I genuinely want to set myself apart for direction. And we said this last week that to to have God's, you know, seed be produced in us and for us to have an offspring that is of the Lord, there are some things we can't be with and other things we must be with. And so I want you to confront things in your life that you don't want coming out of you anymore, If you don't want it coming out of you anymore, stop feeding it. If you don't want to keep eating the fruit of it, stop planting the seed and watering it. Like cut your eyes and ears off from it. And somebody says, well, how do I do that? Exactly what I just said. Cut your eyes and ears off from it. Don't feed on things that produce fear. Don't feed on things that produce lust. Don't feed on things that produce worldliness. Don't feed on things, talk about things, be around things that make you loyal to your worst self. Cut those things out. And give yourself over to the word of God. Give yourself over to spiritual things. Because he said, look, one thing is for certain, I am going to sow the seed. The sower sows the word. Uh, so I, I want you to write something down uh, for those of you who are taking uh, notes. And uh, for others, uh, I, I still would like you to write this down. Uh, go over to Luke 10. And I want you to just kind of notice this. And, and we'll, we'll look at something here. Luke 10, uh, you all know this story. I, I quoted it um, two weeks ago during the Sunday a.m. service, as if you were there. But in Luke 10, verse 38, you've got the story of Mary and Martha. And I know this is very familiar, but I, I genuinely want this to guide you in this season. Uh, Luke 10 and 38. Now, as, it were tra- as, as they were traveling, they being Jesus and his merry band of disciples, uh, we're traveling along. He entered into a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him to her home. Now, he already knew Martha and Mary. The reason why it's worded this way is Luke is written to an audience that was not entirely familiar with the Jesus story. And so he's trying to, like, give all the details. There was a woman named Martha and, you know, Mary, and they were sisters, and they lived together. But Jesus had already established a relationship with this with them. Jesus uh, Luke is just writing contextually for the hearing of the people who would read this letter. Uh, She had a sister called Mary, verse 39. Martha welcomed them into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. Now, let's just stop there. Do you see the humility of this? Uh, seated at his feet, like genuinely trying to get as close as possible. It, it makes me laugh even when we have staff meetings. Like this is my staff; I pay them to listen to me. They will not sit on the front row, or they will be on the edges, and that type of thing. Uh, so, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because I sometimes, you know, have spit particles. I don't know. It could be. Uh, but it's just one of those things. No, uh, but. Uh, Here, Mary is having, do you see her posture of humility? Teach me something. I want to hear from you. She is literally seated cross-legged at the feet of Jesus. And I want to ask you, does that represent your posture for this new year? Seriously, if you had a posture, would it be at the Lord's feet? Seated cross-legged, as close as you can to the Lord, trying to, I mean, like, forget the seat. I'm going to sit at your feet. Forget the aisle. Forget the row. I'm going to sit at your feet. Does that represent your spiritual posture this year? Because this is where I feel like God wants you. Why? Because he is trying to speak to you something. There is something you need to know, something you need to pray for, something you need to do. I don't know exactly what it is, but he is trying to speak to us. The sower is sowing the word. And so out of this, Mary has this posture that is like at his feet. Teach me. Here I am, Lord, like Samuel in the Old Testament. Speak. Your servant is listening. And she's at his feet. But watch, Uh, Martha was distracted. Does that represent your, your posture to start the new year? Martha was distracted with all of, watch this, her preparations. Is she doing anything the Lord asked her to do? Nope. Did the Lord ask her to make a meal for him and all his disciples? Nope. Did the Lord ask for the house to be a little bit cleaner so he could focus on his message? Nope. Where is all of this coming from? From her desires. She has desires in her life, and she's making preparations based off of the pressure she is applying on herself. The Lord is not giving her any of this pressure. She is applying this pressure on herself, and her preparations and her distractions are costing her the most valuable thing in her life, which is hearing from the Lord. You can always make a meal. You can always clean house. You're not always going to have an opportunity with Jesus in person at your house where you can sit at his feet. And she is getting, well, instead of telling you the story, let's read it. Um, She came up to him. She came up to the master while he is talking. And said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. So picture this. Like, and you know the, the pressure, I'm sure that would be in this moment. Um, I invite you over to my house, and out of that, I feel the need to make preparations for you and like that type of thing. There's a lot that you would feel like, I, I, you know, that I feel like I would have to do for you. And I know Pep, she's very OCD. Pep's my wife, for those of you who don't know. Um, you know, out of that, she would begin making preparations for you. And that's only kind of a natural thing to do. But here, Martha is completely missing the moment. Are you missing the moment? There are windows in God. I'm telling you, there are opportunities in him. It's not always woman with the issue of blood that Jesus is passing by your house. And out of that, when there is uh, an opportunity, when there is a time where there is something to press into, you need to make the most of that window. And here, Martha is busy and and, and just distracted with things that she thinks she needs to do in her life. And I know all of you have so many things to do. I get it. I'm in a very, very busy season of life myself. But out of that, in the middle of doing all of these things, I'll ask you, are they taking away? And I'll ask myself this. Are they taking away? All of my preparations, all the things I have to do, are they taking away from a heart posture that is at the Lord's feet, hanging on every word? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And Martha is trying to break up this moment for Mary. You should be busy like me. You should focus on the things I'm focused on. You should pay attention to the things I'm paying attention to. And she's asking the Lord to correct her sister in the middle of his message. Now, all of you could imagine this is a bad idea. Uh, Like he's teaching. Uh, You don't just come up to anybody, much less the Lord, while they're teaching and being like, excuse me, could you handle this? And so watch what Jesus says uh, to her. And his grace here is, is so wonderful. Verse 41. But the Lord answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good part and it will not be taken away from her. And it's this this subtle, loving correction, but nevertheless, I want you to hear what the master is saying. And I want you to look at your life. Is my heart posture right now? Speak. Or is it running everywhere, doing everything for everybody to only live up to the pressure you have put on yourself? And what I want is I know, like, in my life, I've got to preach, write messages, take care of my kids, you take care of my grandmother. You know, I've got 25 different ministers coming in for this prayer conference. Like, some are coming in to preach, and others are coming in from other states to, like, be a part of it. We have even some missionaries coming in from other nations to be a part of it. Like, are they okay? Do they have stuff in their room? What do they need? All of that kind of thing. Like, I get it. Like, there's a lot to think about. But I'm telling you, like never before in my life, I am fighting to just be Mary sitting at his feet. And what I have seen in my life, genuinely, what I have seen in my life is currently, as I speak, I have never felt so alive, so filled with God, so aware of his presence, so keen on his voice. And, and it's because I'm trying to take a, hot, a heart posture that is just simply here. Like, I, I don't want to perform for you. I just want to hear you. And, and, and out of that, Lord, I, I want you to know that I see what you're trying to do in my life is you want to speak your word is everything to me. And so let me be your garden. I don't want to be ESPN's garden. I don't want to be Netflix's garden. I'm just speaking for me. Uh, like we said last week, others may, I may not. And I, I got to tell you, I don't just feel like he's calling me to this life. I'm choosing it. Because I can't think anything better to get myself to. What would I rather know about? Something that changes literally every single week or something that is unchanging from generation to generation. Something that is there before time and will be there after time. Uh, And so out of that, like to behold his beauty and be captivated by his person is is what I'm after in this season. And I'm telling you what I'm trying to do do for you is to encourage you to just go the same way because God is trying to speak to you. Mary, God is trying to get something into your heart. Martha, God is trying to get something into your heart. You are his garden. You will only grow the seed that you have allowed to be sown into you. Um, God wants to speak to us. And what time is it? Seven. Okay, give me 10 minutes. Uh, So I, I read this quote. I thought it was good. Atheism is the religion of the busy. Meaning, you will not know there is a God if you stay busy. You know when you feel God when you're still. Be still and know I am God. Atheism is the religion of the busy. Busy, you will not see him. You will not see him. You will not hear his instruction. You you will not sense his leading and his guiding. Why? He's a whisper. Um, God is the whisper. He reveals himself as the whisper. And so out of that, picture like in your own self, uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm getting more nature-orientated. Do I have any nature people here tonight? Any? Okay, like... Five of you. Okay, great. For the, for the others of you who are not nature people, I think you can understand this example anyway. I, I don't know if you've ever tried to like skip a rock or like throw a rock into like a body of water. Any of you ever thrown? Look, Any of you? Yes. Okay. Much more of you have tried that, uh, which is good for this example. Picture like a very busy, like rugged stream. Picture that in your mind. Very busy, rugged stream, and you taking a rock and throwing in it. How long would you see the effects of it? Not very long at all. Because the waters are moving. The waters are moving. There's so much busyness compared to a still pond, like a perfectly still pond, and you take that same rock and you just throw it, chunk it over into that lake. How long would you see the effects of it? Much more, much longer. How, how aware would you be of the tremors that it sent? And it's still water, and it's the same rock, but it's in different environment. One is rushing over everything, and the other one is perfectly still. And, and what I want you to be is notice Martha. She's like the river. God's speaking. It's not even dawning on her. In fact, what is she doing? She's stopping him from speaking. Through her rush, it's killing what he's trying to say. While Mary is the still pond, hanging on every word. I want you to be a still pond. I want you to have these moments where where maybe it's just for you, it's 30 minutes to start the morning, or 30 minutes to end the day if you're a night owl, uh, or somewhere in between if you're like the afternoon person. I don't know. Uh, But out of that, like, you create a moment where there's a still pond. And you just say, Lord, I know you want to speak to me. I'm telling you, just as a father, I cannot imagine, I cannot fathom the pain I would feel if my children didn't believe I want to talk to them. And I also couldn't imagine the pain if they never wanted to talk to me. The other day, Reese came in. She's starting to get more uh, uh, physical touch orientated. Uh, like in that type of thing, Reese is my daughter. And so she came in and she's like, she walks in and she said, I just need a hug. And I'm like, and I will never let you go uh, like, <laughs> out of that. Uh, but it just blessed me to have this moment. and And that's like, God wants that from you. Of like, I just of all the things i could do with my time it's not just watch this it's not just go online and read an article for the 55th time in the last 30 minutes it's i just want to be with you and i want to still everything in my life and not rush over anything anymore i just want to still everything speak lord your servant is listening. In the Old Testament, God was trying to guide the children of Israel. And you can. this is the part I want you to write down. Uh, it, it went through three different stages. Number one, everyone was led. Everyone was led. Number one, everyone was led. Exodus 13, 21 through 22. You can just write that down and go home and look at it. Everyone was led. So the children of Israel are coming out of Egyptian bondage. God is a cloud by day and fire by night. Everyone could see it. Everyone was led. Everyone was led. Everyone was led. Number two, we want you, they said, to hear for us. They came to Moses in Exodus 20 and verse 19, and they said, ah, hearing from God, this whole business of like hearing from God, I don't know if it's for me. Uh, So we want you to go hear from God, Moses, and then we want you to come back and tell us what he said. So it's a digression. Everyone was led to like really special people will hear. And then they will come back and they will tell us what God has said. And so this happens all the time, like even to me as a pastor. Still, people are like, I need to know God's will. Can you pray for me? And I'm like, sure. But like, he wants to talk to you too. But there's this thought of like, we have really high up people in the body of Christ. And they're the ones who really hear. And so out of that, they came and they told Moses, like, I don't know about this whole hearing from God thing. Sounds kind of weird and scary. So you go hear from God, and then you come back and tell us what God has said. And then that digressed over into number three. We want a king, 1 Samuel 8. And Samuel's like, God's your king. Like, we know, we know. We know. Uh, but we want a King that we can touch. We want in essence, what are they saying, I want just a person without God to tell me what to do, that I will lean on the opinion and advice of this thing. And he's like, he will make slaves out of you. Like right? We know, we know, but we want a King. We want flesh to guide us. We want flesh to lead us. And Samuel goes to God and he's like, you're their King. And like, I want to help them hear you. And and God's like, calm down. They didn't just reject you. So now they were not just rejecting God. They were rejecting the men and women of God that God was using to speak to them. They said, "Ah, they're not just rejecting you, Samuel. They're also rejecting me. And so the flesh began to reign, and it got him in all heaps of trouble until you you follow that all the way through Malachi, where you would have the prophets coming and actually confronting the kings. They're like, you're taking the people the wrong way, flesh. The spirit is trying to win win back God's people. And they're like, shut up, Jeremiah, and put him in prison and like that kind of thing. He's like, please, lamentation, please. Literally a whole book on it. Please. And so out of that, you see the whole Old Testament. I want to I I speak to everybody. I want to be your God, and I want you to be my people. And for a while, they were good with it, and then they said, nah, we want some people to tell us what to do. Like, they can listen to you and then tell us. And then they came back and they said, nah, we just kind of want to do what people tell us to do. We want to follow flesh. And when you're looking to be led by the Spirit, you literally just reverse it you reverse it. You come into number one. I want to be led by the spirit. I want to be led by the spirit. I don't want to be led by the flesh. I don't want to be my king and I don't want my flesh to be king. I don't want other people's flesh to be king. I want to be led. I want to be led by God. I believe that he has a plan for me. I believe that he wants to guide me. I believe he sent his holy spirit to help me. I want to be led by God. Number two, after that, I'm not just going to jump in and be like, I'm going to hear from God. Number two, I want to hear God from others. I want to hear God from others. I want to hear God from others. And somebody says, well, what do you mean by that? I'm talking about your Bible. Your Bible is other people writing what God said to them. And out of that, it is the word of God written by others. There are books that when you get around these books, people have heard from God. I, I believe with this message, I have waited on the Lord to find out what you want, what you need to hear. I don't just preach because I think, I think they don't like that. I think it'll be entertaining. Um, I stopped trying to entertain people a long time ago. I genuinely wait on the Lord. What do you want to say to your people? Write down what I feel like that is, and hopefully you hear God that way. But out of that, when you're starting off hearing from God again, you need to surround yourself with God's things, God's messages, teachers, preachers, apostles, pastors, prophets, people who are there to be like, we really have set ourselves apart to hear from God. And we're going to communicate to the best of our abilities what we feel like God is saying. You get around that, it'll sharpen your, your attention to it. You get around that, you'll pick up sensitivity towards it, which will lead to the, the third thing, number three. Uh, I want to hear him for myself. I want to hear him for myself. Um, that out of this, I, I, I love hearing uh, from the Lord uh, through others. I love reading scripture and, and hearing the Lord through scripture. I want to hear him for myself. And what you're going to see in scripture is that there's two uh, types of word for the word word. The first one is logos. It's the written word of God. That's your Bible. It's, the Bible is a conversation starter. It's God speaking to you. And so out of that, there's the logos, the written word of God. And then there's the Greek word rhema, which is for the spoken word of God. Which is it's where God is speaking to you, and when Jesus said in my, Matthew four four that that I I live off every word from God that is spoken to me, that my, my meat is 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 not just food, but I genuinely live off every word that is spoken to me. That word means rhema, that He is speaking His word to you. And out of that, I want a strong logos in your life that you have moments where you're taking notes and you're writing things down. But I, I, I want you to also have these moments where, where the spirit of God is speaking to you. Um, and I know I said, Wow, well, gosh, I don't want to keep you forever. Okay, one more scripture. I'll close with this. Mallory, get up here and play some keys where I'll stop. Luke 24. Luke 24. Let's look at this. This is the Emmaus Road, and I just want you to see the, the beauty of this. There's some disciples who are really disappointed in Jesus. They thought he would not die and things. And so they're walking away from, you know, the grave, going back to their city. They're leaving Jerusalem. And out of that, they're really disappointed, and God knows it, so he sends Jesus. And this story is so interesting because Jesus walks with them, and the whole time he's walking with them in his resurrected form, they don't even know he's there. And I, I just sense that, he, like some of you, God's been walking with you for so long, and you didn't even know he was there. Let's read the story, Luke 24, verse 13. Verse 13. And behold, two of them were going from the village um, named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. So they're walking seven miles at um, the, the workout place I go to when there's like time where you can do what you want. I walk three miles per hour, which I figure is a steady pace. And out of that, um, I've seen like, okay, if I was going to walk seven miles at that speed, like just a normal kind of walking pace, you're talking about two and a half hours. So Jesus is about to be with these people for two and a half hours, two hours or so, and they're not even going to know it. And watch what happens. While they were discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. Verse 15, verse 16. And their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? And they stood still looking sad. And one of them named Cleopas, thank God you have your name, answered and said unto them, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem unaware of these things which have happened here in these days? And he said unto them, what things? And they said unto them, the things about Jesus, the Nazarene. And they're talking to Jesus, who was the prophet, mighty indeed, and word in the sight and God of all his people. And the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. And watch this, we were hoping So notice their hope is gone, that it was indeed him who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all of this, it's the third day since these things happened. But also some women among us amazed us. When they were at the tomb early in the morning, they did not find his body. They came saying that he had also seen a vision of angels and said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it exactly as the women had said, but they did not see him. And he said unto them, O foolish and slow of heart to believe, and all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Now watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this in verse 27. Then beginning with Moses, like you got a two and a half hour Bible study about to happen. Literally, it says, he began with Moses and with all the things of the prophets. So the whole Old Testament, he explained to them the things concerning himself in Scripture. So for two and a half hours, they're having a Bible study and they don't even know Jesus is talking to them. Do you see where I'm going with this? They're literally having a discussion about the whole Old Testament and they don't even know it's Jesus who is explaining it to them, that God is speaking to them. It keeps going. And while they approached the village, they were going further. And he acted though he was going further, but they urged him saying, stay with us. It's getting evening. And he said, the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with him. And when he reclined at the table, he took bread and blessed it. And breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were open and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. And watch this, verse 32. They said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us when he was speaking on the road and explaining the scriptures to us? Do you see the double voice? It's here. I think so oftentimes we think that when we're with God, we'll know it. And we, we create these moments where it's like, I got to go in church and like get in worship and, and just like feel God. And here God is with them the whole time and they have no clue. But they're studying his scripture. They're looking at the Old Testament. They're reading the things that the prophets have written. And the whole time when they're doing this, God is actually speaking to them. And so when you, when you come to this place where, number one, I want to be led. Well, where am I going to start? I'm going to start with his scriptures. I'm going to start with books and messages. I'm going to put myself before the word of God. And you put yourself in that position. There will be times when you're doing that half asleep and God's right there. There will be times you're doing that. It's like, I don't know if I'm getting anything from this, but I'm going to read the next verse and God is right there. And there will be other times that when you're doing it, it's like, my heart is burning within me. And it's not just this outward voice that you're hearing in a service. And it's not just this outward voice you're, you're, you're hearing in a message. And it's not just this outward text you're reading when you're looking at the scripture and book. It's not just outward. Something in you inwardly, what is it? It's the spirit of God, begins burning in you and you are being led by the Holy Spirit It's a burning. It's a must. The other, last Sunday night, my daughter came to Sunday night. She said, she's going to start coming. I don't make my kids do anything spiritually. Um, Like I'll encourage them. But out of that, she already goes to youth and she's a part of the worship team. So she does a lot in the church. She makes every Sunday morning service. So, you know, we've got four different services that I'm in every day. I'm not going to make my kids and family be in all of them. But she blessed me. She came last Sunday. I didn't know she was coming. Came in a separate car. And so she came, and, and out of that, the Lord had a word for her. And it was really difficult for me as a father because, you know, you, you know, but you don't, like everything. But, like, I knew I had a word, and I knew, like, it was for her and that kind of thing. And so afterwards, I was just kind of talking about that experience, and she was crying, you know, all those types of things. It really blessed her with some of the things she was at. And anyway, uh, so out of that, I'm like, why'd you come? why'd you come? I didn't make her. I'm like, why did, why did you come? She said, well, I was upstairs and I was just kind of praying. I was looking over the 21 day journal thing that we had given out that Sunday morning. And she's like, there was just something there that just, I knew I needed to be there. I just knew I needed to be in that service. Did not our hearts burn when, when we were around these spiritual things, When you avail yourself to things like this, it's not just the outward things you're learning. It's not just good notes. It's not just good Bible reading or teaching. You're creating a chance for God to speak to you, for the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. And I ask you again, what could be more valuable than that? What could be more valuable More important than that? What in the world would we go do right now that would be more important than this? And when we come to that place where, like Mary, I'm telling you, God's about to pour out something to the hungry that we have never seen, that this generation has never seen before. So we say, here we are, Lord. Speak to us. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and we thank you that we want to go on a journey with you. We want to be far, far more like Mary and far less like Martha. We want to be led by your spirit, Lord. And so, Father, we just open up ourselves to that and we say, blow like a river. Blow like a wind, flow like a river. Father, we thank you for your spirit leading us, guiding us, and directing us. And, Father, right now, we just create a moment for you to speak. Right now, we create a moment for your spirit to speak to us. Which is the, the close of this service, we just take a moment to worship and to just draw near to you, and we thank you, Father, as we draw near to you, you draw near to us. And we say, speak, Lord, your sons, your daughters, we are listening. Let's worship.